Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Coming off a win. How you doing, man? Coming off a uh, a big win that was the most... The signature uh, win of the season. Well, it was... I don't want to call it a signature <laughs> win because you got to actually beat somebody good That's for true. a signature win. Um, but it was the most stress-free Seahawks Sunday probably since um, the Super Bowl championship <laughs> game. That's, that's hilarious. That's um, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. I mean, 40 to 3. You know, I'll take it. I know it was against the now 0-13 Jets. Winless Jets coming into the game. Still winless. Nonetheless, I think it's has some significance. I want to talk about that with you as we progress in the show. Um, and then we get to move to a slightly more interesting contest this coming Sunday against the Washington football team. And um, got plenty to talk about with regards to that. And... Uh, First up, though, we're going to just get into a couple of uh, little things. Um, Seattle wins 40-3 to over the Jets, moves to 9-4. and four. Jamal Adams with eight and a half sacks in nine games kind of sets the record there for, for defensive backs, although, you know, we blitz him more than any other defensive back ever in the history of football to get those numbers, but nonetheless... He should be proud of that. And, you know, it's regardless still, of where we get NFL those sacks, record. well, regardless of where we get them, they're still sacks. They're still pressures. Yeah. Um, He's, he still has the NFL record for most sacks in a season by a defensive back with eight and a half. Um, There's still games left to be played. And like I and, said, he got those in nine games. That's crazy. Yeah. And he missed three games to, um, you know, to injury. And so, uh, he's having a great year. He, he really is. Yeah. And he is not the reason why this, the defense has struggled at times this year. Um, well, the defense anyway, is so. vastly improving and he's definitely one of the reasons why they have, I mean, yes, they went they, from they like, are they, re- vastly improved. they went from giving up what 30 some odd points a game to 16 some odd points a game in the last five games. Well, and then they gave up three, um, against the jets, which, okay. There were also three missed field goals, but, even if they make the field goals, that's only 12 yeah. and there were no touchdowns. And so that's, that's playing good defense in the NFL. And I know it's the jets and we're going to keep, you're going to hear yeah, that, but you can, that phrase you can, from us over and over again in the show. I know. I don't it's think you're going to hear it from me very but. much. I, I, you know, football is football <laughs> and in the NFL, it's hard to win. And the jets have had, well, we'll get into that. Um, Russell Wilson, first QB in history. With a winning winning record in his first nine seasons, he's also has more wins than any other quarterback in the first nine seasons as well, and he's adding on to those. Again, we've got three more wins, uh, three more wins. Yeah, yeah, we've got three more wins to go, uh, three more games to go in the regular season uh, to add to that pile. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, injury front. Didn't hear much from Pete this week. Uh, he usually gives a press conference on Mondays to kind of go over those initial. Uh, readouts as far as injuries are concerned. And um, 
just mentioned the usual, usual suspects um, with regards to injuries and kind of the comings and goings there. Uh, Quentin Dunbar sounds like he's going to practice this week, possibly give it a go Sunday. It'll be a, uh, towards the end of the week before we know uh, his status. It'll be nice to have him back to add to the pile of what has mm-hmm. now become a pretty, you know, average or slightly above average in the last five games uh, defensive backfield for the Seahawks. And he just kind of adds to that. And if he's healthy, I think yeah. he can be a quality player. When he's healthy, Quentin Dar- Dunbar is, is a very good cornerback. He has not been healthy this year. And so this year he has been a pretty bad it's just It's so far it's been hard to evaluate him in this defense. I just don't know yeah. what we have or what we don't have. Like, mm-hmm. like for example, it's a contract year for him. What do you do with Quentin Dunbar in the offseason? Maybe these injuries in in the, the in, long run, the maybe they help the Seahawks a little bit. Yeah. Give him they maybe a one year value. Well, maybe because, he gets a one year deal next year with the Seahawks yeah. and it's you know, it's a three or four million dollar deal as opposed to a at eight to ten million dollar deal multi year. So that the investment would be short, dollars would be short. Seahawks mm-hmm. get another year to evaluate that. You know, especially yep. given the uncertainty around um, Griffin and and that yeah. contract status. Well, and and you know, Griffin, since he came back from his injury, he's played well. He's been been part of the reason for the resurgence of this defense. Um, and I know that he had didn't really play well before his injury, so we were a little like uh, I don't know um, when he came back. But he's he stepped up and and has has been better. Um, couple of really big plays um, down in the end zone in this game. Um, so, yeah, so he's been better. You know, you got they got Adams back, and he, he's been a big lift. And they're getting good play from, you know, Reed Amati uh, in the slot. And, you know, even Flowers is, has uh, stepped up and played better. So the, 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 back, the defensive backfield, which at one point looked like it was just an absolute mess of – lack of talent and just bad performance has played really well for the last month and getting Dunbar back, you know, it should help that assuming he's healthy. Yeah. If he's not fully healthy with that knee, they shouldn't play him. What about, they saw what happens when they tried. What about flowers? Do you know what the status is on that? Um, no, I don't have an update. I didn't hear an Um, update either. He wasn't one of the names mentioned. Yeah. He was from what I last week, we thought he, he had a chance he didn't, um, you know, Reed played, but um, without an update on that, I, I, we just kind of have to go back, revert back to what we heard last week, which was that, you know, we'll see how things go as he tests tests it, and and he could be um, ready to play, and probably won't be. Probably has another week. So, given the status of the game that we played this last Sunday against the Jets, we were able to give Carlos Dunlap another week to try mm-hmm. to heal that little foot injury he's got. Uh, Pete Carroll was kind of, didn't really say exactly what it was. He just said it was fairly unique, uh, a unique injury. Um, but it sounds like Dunlap's going to give it a go as far as practice this week, and we'll see as far as playing in the game. I think that we could use him in this game. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know that it would be terrible if we didn't have him, um, given the fact that uh, it's the Washington football team's defense that, that I'm concerned about this week, not their offense. Yeah. Their, their offense isn't anything to worry about. Um, and it, it looks like Alex Smith might not even play. 
Um, and so then you're looking at, at Haskins at quarterback again, and he's a guy that's going to complete 50% of his throws and, and throw some interceptions. And he's not just not, he, he's a good, great runner and he's, he's dynamic in that way, but he, as a quarterback, he's just not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. if Alex Smith can play and he gets in there, um, that can be different. Yeah, I mean, you add you add a dimension, you know, to their offense with Alex Smith, and and mm-hmm. uh, without that, they're just one dimensional. They're a running team anyway, um, mm-hmm. and then they had their um, Antonio. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head now. Um, they're their running back. They got their rookie guy. He's been doing really well this year. Uh, he was out this last week with an injury. Not sure what his status is for this week. Um, our good friend. Uh, uh, McKissick is uh, was their primary runner this this last game, uh, so we'll see. Um, yeah, and he's go. not much. He's a he's a receiver out of the backfield. He's not much yeah. of a runner, so. right? But you know, he he has some yards this year. I think he he ran uh, eleven carries for sixty eight yards in this last game against the Forty ers Um, you know, and he's and then Antonio. Um, Oh my goodness, I'm gonna miss it again. Antonio Gibson. Gibson. Gibson yep. is the is the guy um that normally has been has been carrying for them. Um and he's got like six or seven hundred yards on the season. So yeah, he's not not like or he is not likely to play this week. He's got turf toe, which is actually ligament damage to um caused by hyperextending the toe. Um and that is a slow recovering injury. So He's not likely to play this week. And then um, Shell, our uh, right tackle, sounds like you know they took him out early in this game as a precaution um, because he kind of felt uh, some twinges still in his injury, and um, sounds like he's no worse for wear and is going to practice this week and possibly be back. That's good news for the Seahawks because we're going to need it against the defensive front. Uh, for for Washington this week, um, Rashad Penny is going to practice this week, and Pete said he's practicing like he's going to play, and so we'll see. Uh, it's still a game time decision for him. It'll be interesting to see the roster moves now that folks are starting to get healthy and, and being reintroduced to the roster again. Uh, Dunlap uh, was out this last week. Somebody else took his spot. Uh, Shell was out. Uh, Abuhi has been out at right tackle. Penny's coming back. It sounds like Greg Olson is going to practice. It sounded like we were going to lose him for the year. Uh, sounds like we might get him back for the for the last couple games if needed. Mm-hmm. Josh Gordon's going to practice beginning next week after this game. Um, so all of these players are awesome, but we've got players now that are starting to play well and gel with the current situation, and now we're going to have to to jumble that up a little bit, probably good on the, on the whole, but how do you see the, the roster kind of coming together just at the right time uh, before we get to the, to the home stretch? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a team that's just been, you know, decimated by injuries at times uh, throughout this year and to get guys healthy and to get guys back would be awesome. Um, but at the same time, like what you were saying, like, I mean, Dun- Dunlap's, the starter, he, he he doesn't change anything, right? He comes back, he's inserted in there, and, and it's an upgrade. Uh, so I'm not concerned about that. But when you talk about um, 
you know, Penny and Gordon specifically, uh, that would be taking snaps away from other people who have been playing well. Yeah. I mean, are you going to, um, give Penny, you know, Dunbar comes yeah. back. What do you do with Guamati and, and Reed and, and DJ Reed? Yeah. yeah. So if you, um, like with, with Penny, if, if you're going to get going to give him snaps, are you really going to take Carlos Hyde off the field and take his snaps away from him? Cause you know, Carson's going to get his, so you that's know, not, that's not the question. Yeah, but I, I would actually, um, initially now, uh, it's, it's a completely different animal in the playoffs and we'll see, but, uh, for right now, yeah, I take a little bit away from from Hyde, get Hyde completely healthy, um, and keep him healthy. Give Penny some reps so that he can get some reps, and uh, and then you've got a three headed monster uh, that teams will need to try to figure out in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't want to mess with what's working offensively, and because. Well, Carson's going to be the guy. I mean, Carson's going to take anywhere from 12 to 20 snaps, depending on how the game goes. And then everyone else is going to pick up a little bit. So you're going to have six, you know, handoffs to Hyde, six to Penny, a couple of, you know, of throws to to third down back. And that's going to be about it at the most. So no big deal. And the same goes with with Gordon. Like, are you going to take Swain and Moore off the field? to get Gordon oh, some snaps. Yeah, I think you I do. do. Yeah. But at the same time, like both those guys have played well. That's there's true, a, but I don't think they're going to make or break. And I don't want to set that back. You're not going to make or break a game though, by taking more out. Maybe. I mean, more has been a touchdown machine this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you can develop uh, some rapport with Josh Gordon before it, the games really start to count, uh, that could give you another weapon that you could legit have in the playoffs. The other teams haven't schemed against and, you know, I, I, it'd be a good thing. You know, you mm-hmm. take, you know, in the playoffs, I think Swain takes a back seat and you end up having four wide receivers in more Gordon Metcalf and, um, unlock it. And that's a great core right there. You had Olsen back and, and, uh, Disley, you try to slow that thing down. Yeah, the the Olsen uh, getting him back is, I, I don't think that changes much. I mean, they've been playing Disley and Hollister, and Hollister hasn't produced in the same way that he did a year ago, um, and hasn't been as active in the game plan the way Olsen was prior to the injury. So I think that you can bring, you'd bring him back. I don't know if you'd lose anything. So mm-hmm. I think that one would be one that Parkinson be would back. be the guy that would be the odd guy out. Yeah, and Parkinson ha- hasn't really played except for... He did look good on uh, a couple of catches. Yeah, uh, he got a chance in this one, but it wasn't Russell Wilson throwing to him. It was Geno Smith once the blowout was secured. That was awesome. Let's talk about the Jets game. Let's do that. Yeah. So, okay, so going into this game, here's the deal. The expectations were high. Seattle was going to win by double digits, and anything less was going to be a complete catastrophe. So this game, to me... It actually sets up to where I think that it's a little bit more significant than people are giving the Seahawks credit for. Granted, yes, it was the Jets. Okay, there's my one time I said it's the Jets. Um, however, we did what we needed to do, and we did it convincingly, resoundingly, both on offense and defense. And you got to give the team credit for that after coming off of a horrible, horrible win or loss against the, the Giants the week prior. Wilson mm-hmm. throws for four touchdowns to four different receivers. 
Um, Carson had a great day running the ball, 12 carries for 76 yard, Hyde 15 for 66. They ran for 174 yards on the ground. They were five for six in the red zone, 28 first downs, scored on six of eight possessions uh, with the starters in the game. Uh, the Jets had come in scoring 27 or more points in three out of its last four games. They only had 20 yards in the second half. Uh, the defense held the New York Giants, uh, Jets to 185 total yards. Um, you know, Darnold was completely insignificant. Um, you know, Seattle's now allowing 16.2 yards um, or 16.2 points per game in the last five games. Um, and three straight with 17 or fewer points. Um, so it's just not the Jets. It's over you now a a pretty good uh, spectrum of, of opponents and games um, that the defense is really improving. And to be able to to be able to score 40 and hold another opponent to three, that's a blowout. I don't care where who you do it against in the NFL, that's hard to do. And um, I think, you know, anything less from the Seahawks, fans would have been yelling, you know. Uh, if we would have won 27 to, uh, let's say, 12, they score all their field goals, that would have been completely unacceptable. Because, uh, you know what I'm saying? To, 27 to 12 is still, it's still more yeah, than Yeah, I know, but it would have been, what, but, but, but given the discrepancy of the opponents, of the opponent, yeah. uh, it would have been a disappointment. And so I think it was a perfect score for for the the team to to come away mm-hmm. to get right um, to do to to correct some things on offense. I think the quick passing game thing really helped them. I think they need to carry that forward. So, so there were some good things out of this game. I think that you can take and build on. And against the Washington uh, Football Club as we move forward, I think that's going to be a real nice test. Yeah, they've got a losing record, but their defense is top three in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see how we we come up on that game yeah i mean mean, what's your take on the on the on the on the opponent and the win um i i think i think there there's a lot to be gained by playing a team that that's that bad and doing what you're supposed to do and that's blow them out um you know you don't last thing you want to do is to look bad even if you get the win um in a game against the team that's that's that bad because you don't answer any questions, you leave lots of doubt, you you really um, leave a lot of question both in the fans but also in some of the players' minds as to how good are we. Whereas you come out against a bad team and you really just expose them as a bad team, that's what good teams do. And that's what the Seahawks did. So there is a lot, uh, there's a lot to be said about the game. I think some of the, you know, you, know, you look at, at stats and, and, and this was, this went well and that went well and all this kind of stuff. And I, I just have a hard time saying any of those without the asterisks of, yeah, but it's the Jets. Uh, <laughs> because they're that bad. They're poorly coached. Um, Adam Gase and company just don't, they should not be, uh, he should not be running an NFL franchise. Um, they're poorly coached. They're, they're, there's a major talent deficit. They're not good at any phase of the game. Um Sam Darnold looks like a mess. Um, I mean, they they had 20 yards of offense in the second half. That's it. Against our third and fourth string guy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, what I what I did like in this game is um, the CX came out. They did what they wanted to do. They they didn't they didn't have to come out and stumble a little bit, make some adjustments, you know, kind of get things rolling. They came out and did what they wanted to do. They wanted to throw the ball early. They did. They wanted to run the ball in the middle and the late, and they did. Um, they put up points, and then they got all the starters, all the stars, off the field. Um, and you saw Geno Smith for more than a quarter. Um, he was throwing it to uh, Colby Parkinson and not Will Disley at tight end. Um, DJ Dallas was the guy running it, not Chris Carson. Um, and they continued to put up points, even with the backups in. Um, you had uh, Kyle Wheeler move like he was playing at, at uh, right tackle he moved over to left tackle and so they could get Dwayne Brand out of there and Kyle Fuller the backup center was playing right tackle um and they still managed to move the ball score points all those kind of things um it was just a it was one of those get right games it was one of those games where um the backups got some meaningful snaps where they could you know, look at the film and, and learn from and, and self-scout a little bit, which that's more important than I think most fans realize. And, you know, all these things help going forward, but can we expect that level of performance? Well, we can't expect week? that. Or the week after? I do, I no, do. because they're, they're going to be playing the Jets. Yeah, I, they'll be playing a team Yeah, that's here's where confident. you and I uh, diverge just a little bit. Yeah, I do. I do expect them to be able to execute plays the, the, in the same way, there was a, a a podcast, I don't know, three, four weeks ago where we talked about it doesn't really matter who we play. We're, we're playing against ourselves uh, in, in a sense because our offense is good enough to be able to play against anybody and be able to move the ball and score points. And we said the same thing about, about the defense kind of coming into its own, et cetera, et cetera. I do feel like this team should be able to execute against any other NFL quality opponent. And yeah, it was maybe easier to execute against the Jets because of the talent deficit. But nonetheless, I think there are certain things that you take away from this that that should enable you to um, to run certain things in certain situations against certain personnel and schemes to be able to be, have success regardless. And so that's what I'm looking for out of this game is how does it translate to um, to the Washington Football Club who has either one of the best or the very best front four in all of the NFL and yeah, on the defense front four is good, but the rest of their defense is, it's, well, it's, it's not good. special. It's pretty good. But the front, there, the front there are four number is, four d- defense DVOA in the NFL. I mean, true. You can't I'm just take saying, away but, too much of that. But, it, but it, it, a lot of that is generated by the front four. It's like the, the, the Rams from a, a few years ago, right? When they had, they were just elite all across the front. Um, and then the rest of their defense was meh. Yeah. But the defense overall was good because the front four was so disruptive yes. um, against the run in the past. And, and um, you know, Washington's done that same thing in, in, in building. They've got a great front four. They're going to give Seattle fits because they're just really good up front. They're not great behind them. Um, True. But they're so good up front that they're going to be disruptive. They're, Wilson's going to be under pressure. The running game's going to struggle to find holes. Um, and 
you have to do things to neutralize the front four. You really have to. If you can do that, if you can, you know, keep an extra guy, max protect a little bit, um, make sure the running backs are chipping on the way out to to help the the tackles um, against the defensive ends. Uh, you can do things to keep Russell Wilson from, you know, um, being uh, on his back all day. And then you can take advantage of the fact that they don't have a lot of talent beyond that. But if you try and just line up and go, force, oh, we're just going to, yeah, things, we're just right. going to do whatever we're, we're just going to do things normally. Uh, that front four is going to eat you because they're good. Yeah. Well, they've got five number one picks. Yeah, not mm-hmm. number one, but you know, first round picks. First round picks on on that defensive uh, line, and they including the including their last two first round picks, um, with Montez Sweat and um, Chase Young. Oh, yeah, the name. Who is it? Chase Young. Chase Young. God, why can I not remember him? <laughs> um, yeah, their their last two picks, the last two first rounders. Um, have 12 and a half sacks. Um, they've looked very good, very active, very tough to stop. Um, they're very talented um, at defensive end. And, and yeah. against you know, 49ers, they had four sacks, seven tackles for loss, 11 pass defense, 12 mm-hmm. cornerback hits, and two touchdowns. That was their defense. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see uh, how, how we do there. Because um, Ryan Kerrigan is a backup. You know, he's been there for a long time. Montez Sweat, like you said, Jonathan Allen, probably one of my favorite defensive tackles in all of the NFL. Um, Daron Payne, um, Chase Young. I mean that 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 front. I mean anybody would want that. That's mm-hmm. uh, and they're young and and hungry and kind of coming into their own right now. So it'll be interesting to see how we. Yeah, Kerrigan that. was one of those guys that around the trading deadline when the Seahawks picked up Dunlap, we were like, go get him. He's a pass rusher. He's a guy that can um, give you, you know, be a be a rotational guy. Give you twenty snaps a game. Go get him. And they uh, decided to get Dunlap and wait for Snacks Harrison um, to get in shape. And um, yeah, that's been a, it. Turned out to be a, a you know something that works. They didn't have to give up more resources. And Harrison's been good. And the defense has been significantly better since Harrison started playing. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the Washington defense is ranked fourth in DVOA. They're ranked mm-hmm. fourth in yards allowed at 313.5 yards a game. Just to give you an idea, the Seahawks are at about 280 in the last five games. Um, they're also at 16.2 points per game in the last five games. Their f- uh, fourth-ranked um, defense is 21.2 yard uh, points per game. Uh, just to kind of give you a comparison. But they rank ninth or better in the following categories. Yards per game, passing yards per game, interception rate, sack, uh, sack rate, points allowed, third down percentage, red zone percentage is number one in the NFL, 10th in rushing yards allowed, 7th in passer rating allowed. The defense is good, Keith. I'm just saying. And it does start up front. I mean, that front allows their back end to be not as good talent-wise, but it makes them as as good as they can be. Yeah. I mean, they're effective because they don't have to, they don't have to cover tightly for five seconds. They've got to cover tightly for two and a half. Mm-hmm. And then the front four is killing a quarterback. Um, and it does, it makes, it does make everyone look around them look better. I'm just saying from a talent perspective, I don't 
think that anyone in their back seven is great, but their front four is so good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, interesting because, you know, Washington is still a team that has only got six wins. So they're six and seven on the year. They lost mm-hmm. their, you know, their first five or they started one and five and then they've kind of turned it around five and two in the last seven. You know, when you look at their wins, they're holding their opponents to under 20 points a game. So in their wins yeah. the, the, against the Eagles, 17 allowed Cowboys, three points, Bengals, nine, Cowboys, 16, Steelers, 17, 49ers, 15 points. So while so, while the Steelers I mean, are the only quality opponent, I would say in that find me a, find me a good team. Yeah, in that right. Group. I mean the, Steel, the right. Steelers are, but they're well. And that's what you have to look at. Yeah, that's what you have to look at because those wins came against basically crap. I mean the 49ers are are decent, especially they beat them last week. It wasn't like they beat the 49ers in the third game of the year where they were truly awful. Um, and the Steelers. So they've got a couple of good quality wins in a row. Uh, in fact, they've won four in a row. Okay. But the losses, you take a look at the losses, they've given up 30, 34, 31, 30, 20, 23, and 30 points. So, and those are against the Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, Rams, Giants, Giants, Lions. So those are all good offenses for the most part. And Not the Giants. Well. The Giants, yeah, but the bad. the Giants scored twenty and twenty three. You know, they were the lowest scoring losses True. that they did have. Um, but but the the points scored in those losses are for the Washington Football Club are fifteen, twenty, seventeen, ten, nineteen, twenty, twenty seven. Those were mm-hmm. all losses. Um, the offense in Washington isn't good. Yeah. They've only scored over 30 points one time against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are bad. Yeah, and every other time they've <laughs> their high score has been 27. Mm-hmm. So this is not a great offense. Uh, this actually lines up pretty decent for, for the Seahawks. You know, there's well, a lot at, of... Look at the 49er game, yeah. right? Um, remember to count 14 of those points to the absolutely defense, not to their offense. Correct. Absolutely. That was not the, cause they, they had two defensive touchdowns. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Chase Young had a fumble recovery re- return 45 yards for a touchdown. They had a 48 yard, uh, interception, uh, return pick six yep. in that game. Um, otherwise so offense, offense was, was, was really not good against the 49er defense. Yeah. And a lot of teams struggle against 49ers. Uh, but Washington's inept on, on. So I, I have a good feeling about our defense matched up against Washington's offense. And I think our offense against their defense, we're one of those good teams on offense that Washington mm-hmm. struggles with. Um, running straight at them, uh, I think, is effective. I think we can put some some uh, running yards on them. This is going to be one of those games to me where you it's it's fairly balanced. Uh, because you want to be able to counteract that aggressive defense and running straight at them is going to help do that. Some play action um, in the quick passing game. I think trying to search for um, pining your hopes on the, on the long ball for Russell Wilson in this game is too much to ask. And I don't. And I yeah, think if we do ask that, time. that's not going to be good. It's not going to end up being good for That'd the be Seahawks. Terrible coaching. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Now, because you pick your you spots. Act- After some sure. things start opening up and working, then you can kind of pick your spots. I mean, three or four of those kind of 
you know, 25 yard plus plays a game might, might do it for you. Um, but I think you just grind these guys. You win the, you win the time of possession, you wear that defense down a little bit and, um, and it's a game of attrition at that point because you're going to outscore them. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think is, is you, you, um, what they can do here is to neutralize the front four by getting the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands quickly by getting that short, quick passing game going early. And we have the players to do that. Yeah. And we've done it at times this year and then they go away from it and they start trying to, you know, hurl it 40 yards downfield every play. Uh, And if you do that, it's not going to work because they're not going to have enough time to get that far downfield because the front four is that good and they're going to make it really hard on Russell Wilson. Um, and well, let's talk that, about them on, on defense. Let's talk about like Chase Young and, and a couple of those other guys, uh, the Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. Um, are you concerned? I mean, you're going to want to double team and figure out Chase Young, you know, and our, yeah. and Shell is going to be the guy over there at right tackle. And if he's kind of not healthy, he's healthy and, and he's not. Um, so you've, yep. you're going to be playing um, Wheeler again over there or, or Abue. And those are, that's the doomsday scenario for Russell Wilson's well, backside. It's, there. What it, what it, what then happens is that Will Disley becomes a right tackle. Um, and you play with two people. Basically, you're tight, you one to. of your tight ends. One of your tight ends does not go out in, in, into passing routes. Um, they just stay in. And How impressive team. of a specimen is Chase Young? Oh man, he's he's the defensive end version of DK Metcalf. <laughs> right? Yeah. Have you seen the picture pictures of, of DK Metcalf like when he was training for the combine shirt off? Well, Chase Young's a big guy. Muscles on muscles. You know, Chase Young Chase is Young, not one of those guys that's like two hundred and fifty nine pounds or whatever. This guy's like two hundred and seventy five pounds that can get after it. Like he, mm-hmm. he reminds me of Dunlap in a, in a way, except for he's a little bit more stout. He's younger and more athletic. Yeah. And, younger, more athletic. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's not human. He's like I said, he's, um he's the defensive end version of DK Metcalf. Just physically, there isn't another one quite like him. And he's just starting and, to figure it out too. Yeah, he's it's good. it's interesting. It, it is he's interesting. Good. So, and then Montez Sweat, you know, Montez Sweat is the speed guy that's a little lighter. You know, mm-hmm. that is 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 your Leo kind of guy, and yep. um, it'll be interesting to see how they work in tandem. And then Jonathan Allen and Duran Payne at defensive tackle in the middle. Yeah, Jonathan Allen is is a force um, that that can get after the quarterback as well from the interior, even though he's like three hundred and twenty pounds or whatever. Yeah, Damian Lewis is gonna like the fact that he is has been in there and, and has been playing well and he, you know, got you know dinged up a little bit at one point, but he's fully healthy and, and going. Um he can be a difference maker by shutting down uh some of that in the middle. And that'll will allow Posick to help out whoever's playing left guard, whether it be Lupati or Simmons, um, who seem to rotate you know, fairly regularly now, um, even when they're both healthy. So uh, allowing Posick to help on that other side will benefit uh, Russell Wilson because um, the guys need help. I mean, you're, you're, you need to double team whoever's on the, 
well, the, next to the right pass, tackle. The pass rush win rate for this front four is just, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. I'll have to be yeah. honest. I mean, uh, there's not too many defenses that would intimidate me as far as what Seattle would be able to face. I mean, there's a handful. Um, you know, the Rams seem to have our number. Um there's a couple other teams that well, slow us Aaron down Donald a little has bit. Everybody's number. Yeah, there's a couple other teams that slow us down a little bit. But this particular front seems to give Russell Wilson the most trouble. A team with speed, a team um that can that can rush you from the inside out, um, and kind of contain him a little bit, if you will. It can, the, the the thing that Seattle has going for it is Montez Sweat and Chase Young are 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 you know just two years in the league or less, and mm-hmm. um, you know sometimes you get undisciplined just because you're so intense. And it'll be interesting to see if if they can figure out a way to counteract their aggressiveness because uh, they don't yeah, they I'd don't like need to, to blitz them... much with this defense. No, I, I want to see them uh, use some misdirection, get roll the pocket, um, do things to help the offensive line and Russell Wilson out by not just having him drop straight back. Um, you know, there are all sorts of things that they can do is, you know, half rollouts and, and moving the pocket or uh, play action, things that will keep the defense, the defensive line from, you know, trying to kill Russell Wilson. And how do you, how do we stay away time. from those plays that get blown up in the backfield? like before they even get started. Like how do we stay away from that? Cuz it seems like that's been an issue in the last several weeks. It's been a, an issue for the last several years. Um and ultimately, I don't know, because there you have a offensive line which is better than it's been in the past, but when it does fail, it tends to fail spectacularly. It seems and like it's so, susceptible to a bull rush. Yeah, I a mean, you like Mike Lupati is just susceptible, um, and so that be, becomes part of the problem. Post You've ex, got to get him. Post strength has always been an issue. Yeah, he he, but and he's more of a guy that that's good at moving laterally and and, and blocking outside. Mm-hmm. You can pull him as a center, and and he's very mobile and smart and does those things. But he's not he's not super strong right at the point of attack, um, and you know. There, How do we successfully like run the ball against this team then? Honestly, I think you got to set up some outside zone and you need to set it up with Chris Carson because he is the most decisive at setting his feet and going. Um, and if you can get these guys to over pursue a little bit, you've got some cutback lanes. Yep. And you just got to get them moving laterally. Um, and not straight up the field and you got to block it right. And you got to, um, cut on the backside. So there's not the pursuit and you just have to execute it. You also don't have, you also have to expect that it's going to, you're not going to be able to run the ball like you would against the jets because they're hard to run against and they're going to have penetration and they're going to blow some stuff up in the backfield. They will. You can't, you're not going to stop it because their front four is better than your offensive line. So they will get penetration and, and blow things up, but not every play. Um, it'll happen here and there and you just have to um, take it and move on and, and do a lot of running on second down when it's second and short. Uh, so that way, if it does get blown up, you still have third down, right? One of the most um, impressive things to come out of that Jets game was our third down 
uh, plays, I thought. Even on third and long, we were completing plays and so forth. Of course, that yeah. has everything to do with the protections and all that kind of stuff. But uh, And the Jets. And the Jets, yeah. <laughs> there were some cool plays, there, some cool play designs. Um, one of the things that um, worked well early on in the year when the offense was really rolling was um, on those third down plays where, you know, you sprint right option would be, would be the play call where you've got Wilson on the outside um, and you've got someone short, um, usually a tight end, you know, for him to hit and, and they will like block and then come out. And, and so you run some different things in there and you really make it hard on the defense to figure out what's, whether Wilson's running or whether he's going to throw and, you know, how do you cover that? Um, and they, they did a lot of that stuff early and then teams, saw it on tape and realized, wow, they do this a lot and they figured out how to stop it. And then it stopped working and the offense stopped working. Um, and in this game against the jets, they, what they did is they brought it back, but they brought it back with wrinkles. And now you had wide receivers that were coming in motion, being the, the player out in the flat rather than the tight end, um, coming out after a block. So they're, uh, they're doing it that way. And, and, and they, you know, had some run, you know, have a running back that would step up and and be that player coming uh, over in the flat in front of Wilson when he's doing that sprint, uh, sprint out option um, play. And you know, when they do those things and they get more creative with it, it does make it harder. And I like the fact that they they went back to something that worked early and hadn't worked in a while, but they went back to it in a way that was new. And they need to continue to do that. They need to find ways to where you can get Wilson on the edge um, with a couple of options because it makes it really hard on the defense to um, to account for. And he's mobile enough to pick up yards. If you just want to sit back and cover and you don't account for him, he'll you know, pick up the eight yards and run out of bounds. Uh, and if you step up on him, then you're leaving someone behind you open. Yeah. And so they, they, you just have to get to that and not be so predictable about it, which is what they were doing there for a while. Yeah. I think there's some opportunity there for the Seahawks to have uh, good success against the, the Washington defense. I think it's going to take some time. I think that the first half is just going to be kind of one of those schlog fest things. And the second yeah. half, it opens up a little bit. Um, let's talk about the Seahawks defense, the improving Seahawks defense who could possibly be getting Carlos Dunlap back this week. Um, as well as, um, Quentin Dunbar and mm-hmm. what those additions, you know, with the, with the way that they're playing now, our linebackers are playing really good. Our defensive line played well, even without Dunlap in this, uh, last game. Uh, but overall the trend is definitely on the upswing. Um, and then you go in and face the Washington team. This is more of the defense that we expected when we looked at the, at the talent on the roster in the off season. Um, you know, because we, we know the back end is what's going to be, well, I mean, it, it had the opportunity to be great, but that didn't, um, materialize because of all the injuries and everything. But you have Adams, who's a pro bowler. Diggs is a, um, you know, a pro bowler, although he hasn't played like it this year. Um, you know, Griffin's a pro bowl talent, although he didn't play like it early in the year. Uh, Dunbar was a pro bowler, but he didn't play like it because of his knee. Um, and so you had like all these injuries and problems and things, and it took some time for everyone to figure things out. But Adams is playing really well right now. Um, Diggs is playing better. Griffin's back healthy and playing great. The linebackers, um, 
KJ and and Bobby have been great, and then uh, Jordan Brooks has really come on yeah. and has been a. We well, had a sack in this last game of, too that got taken away by a penalty, but it was yep. it was awesome. But it, it, he has been part of the reason why this defense has improved is because he actually is getting more got more playing time and then made the most of it and has has improved. So he it, the defense was better because he was playing more and then he got yeah. better. And and um, Ray and Nugo Amati are playing some of the best uh yeah ball on the I'm entire not, defense. I, I'm not super excited about Dunbar coming back because I like what I see from Reed and Amadi and I don't want to mess with that. And in part because um, Dunbar was so bad before he went on IR. And I know it was the knee and if he's playing it's because the knee's better, but he was so bad and the other the two kids have been so good. Like don't mess with it. Just just keep keep it rolling. Um and, you know, worry about getting Dunbar fully up to speed later. Right now, I just want to see the defense continue to excel. So the defense could have some opportunities in this game uh, for some generating some turnovers. You know, oh, the, yeah. the Washington offense is just as bad as the Jets offense, you know? It is. And then you've got Alex Smith. Love Alex Smith. I love that comeback story this year. But he went out in the last game with a strained calf, did not return. Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. came in and played. Uh, but he, uh, Dwayne Haskins started the year for a while. Then Allen came in, Allen got hurt, went out on IR for the year. Alex Smith came in. Alex Smith now has a strained calf, may not be able to go, although they're optimistic. We heard the same thing about the, uh, the Jets, uh, quarterback, uh, coming into the game, uh, as well. Um, but, but Alex Smith, I don't know that it makes any difference to be completely honest with you. Alex Smith was eight, eight for 19, 57 yards in the interception before he went out of that game against the 49ers. Haskins came in seven or 12, 51 yards in a sack through an interception as well, but get called back on a penalty. Um, you know, and then the, the, the rushing, you know, they want to be able to rush the ball, but when they get behind in games, they don't, mm-hmm. they just kind of fall apart because they don't have anything in the passing game. Now they do have um, one of my favorite wide receivers, uh, to come out in the draft in the, in the last few years, Terry McLaren. Um, he's got 73 catches for a, a thousand yards this year, three TDs. But they don't yeah, have anything else. Keith. That's, they don't have anything else. You, you know, you, you cover McLaren and you're, and you're set. Um, I don't, I mean, they're, 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 they're top running backs out. I don't like their offensive line. Um, and you're right. It really doesn't matter who's playing quarterback because the talent around him is so bad. But the, the reason why, I would be more concerned with Alex Smith is because he's a veteran and he is less likely to make the stupid mistake. Now, yes, he has thrown some interceptions and he doesn't have the greatest arm and, you know, all this, the things that have been Alex Smith since he was drafted. But, um, you know, he's a guy that he's got that veteran. He can savvy, move a team down the field and pick up it. first downs. Yeah, and, and I would be more worried about that. Um, Haskins is going to break a few more big plays because he's more athletic and, and really can run and do some special things that way. But he's also going to make a lot of dumb mistakes. He's going to miss wide open receivers. He's going to throw the ball to the, you know, the Seahawks. And uh, unlike against the Jets, the Seahawks uh, secondary needs to catch the ball when given the opportunity. Man, we've um, been dropping some passes this year on the defense. That's really what I, yeah, that's what I meant is like, we've like, and they had three interceptions where that just mm-hmm. hit the defensive player in the hands and they just didn't catch it. 
and you can't do that. You got they've they've got to take advantage of those. I mean, it's the Jets, so it didn't matter. But um, against another team, you, you, they give you a gift, you take it, and they didn't. And I think Haskins is going to give you a couple of gifts, and where I don't know if Alex Smith is going to, he's more likely to take care of the football. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I just think that uh, to me. Alex Smith is is the guy I don't want to see, but he, and he may play. Uh, it's a strained calf. He's gonna what it's gonna do is it's gonna hurt his mobility, and against Seattle's front uh, and the way the, the way the Seahawks have been blitzing this year and uh, bringing Jamal Adams and and whatnot, like you don't want a quarterback with limited mo- mobility. So, um, yeah, maybe it's maybe they maybe it would be better if it's Smith and a limited mobility guy because then the pass rush can get to him. Uh, easily, it, but what you were saying, it really doesn't matter which they both have their deficiencies, and the rest of the offense, other than McLaren, is nothing to be afraid of in any way. I agree. So let's let's do some predictions, and let's talk about the NFC West and the NFC uh, playoff picture in general after after that. So uh, why don't you go first? What is your expectation uh, for this game? What would you What would you like to see? What do you expect? So I think this game is going to be a lower scoring game um, because I'm I'm still waiting for Seattle's offense to refine that mojo it did in the, you know the first uh, few games of the year and until I see it I'm not going to expect it um, I do think that Seattle's the better team they've got the better offense um, and they're going to be able to score some points it's just not it's just going to be frustrating because of that front four uh, so I'm thinking that Seahawks score like 23 and then give up 13. Hmm. I think that the Seahawks are going to score at least 30 in this game because most of the, most of the losses that the Washington football club has given up, uh, they've allowed, you know, 28, 25 to 30 points, um, on average. And I think Seattle can get there. So I say 30 and I, in, in those losses, um, the the they're not getting out of the teens, so I think like thirty to seventeen, something like that. Yeah, and that and they may not even get there. They may end mm-hmm. up uh, the way the Seattle's plan, been playing. They may end up um, just giving up some field goals. So I think part of it's going to be game script because if if the Seahawks get out to a you know a fairly early lead and. Uh, Washington has to go away from their running attack and let their quarterbacks throw it. Then they're going to get turnovers, and the Seahawks can run up the store, run up the score, uh, because that's how the that's when Washington's lost and they've given up all those points. A lot of it's because they're so such a bad team at at um, on offense. They give up a lot of turnovers, and they allow the other team to run up the score. If it's close and the Seahawks kind of slog their way through the first half the way um, you kind of predicted a few minutes ago, uh, it's going to keep the score down. Mm-hmm. And it because it's going to keep Washington from committing the really bad turnovers that they're that they commit when they have to come from behind. And so that that's really why I, I, I suggested a lower scoring game is because I expect it to be kind of a schlog in the first half. I expect the first half to be really ugly. And then the CX find ways in the third quarter to make some adjustments, get a couple drives put together and, and, and get themselves a lead that, um, you know, they'll take to the end. But uh, until that point, 
Washington's not going to be taking a lot of risks with the ball. And so they're not going to be giving up those turnovers that would lead to the Seahawks getting um, a lot of points. That's my prediction, at least. And so that's more of the justification behind it. Well, let's let's talk about the playoffs a little bit. Let's talk about the NFC West um, and where we're at. So Rams win versus the uh, New England Patriots. Take them to 9-4. and four. They own the tiebreaker with Seattle. Seattle's also at nine and four after the Jets game. Um, and then the Arizona Cardinals win uh, against the Giants, 26 to seven, takes them to seven and six. And San Francisco's loss to Washington, 23 to 15, takes them so to Arizona five and eight. Is two, Arizona is two games behind Seattle with three, three games left. Yeah. Um, so they're, and... they're near, if we win this game, they're out of the chance to, to take the division at all. Yes. We would have in to fact, lose the Seah- out. The Seahawks can actually clinch a playoff spot with a win this weekend. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, good news. <clears throat> and so, yeah, um, the Arizona was, you know, hanging, they hung with uh, Seattle and the Rams for a, a chunk of the year. And then but they've, they've dropped off. And I just wanted to point out that they're two behind with three left. Um, and they're looking like they're going to, they're right at this point, they're, they're fighting to get in as the number seven seed. That's their, that's their destiny. Number seven seed or number six seed. I think there's only six. There's seven this year. Is there? Oh, okay. Yeah. Only the, so only the number one seed gets a first round buy. Um, and then you have two, seven, uh, three, six, and four, five, um, all play in that first round. So, you know, the Seahawks just need to keep winning. That uh, sets this, you know, if we win against Washington, we go to 10 and 4, and the Rams beat, uh, I can't remember who they're playing. Um, they go to 10 and 4. That Rams game the following week sets up to be fairly huge. At, well, yeah, at because point. at that point, um, I mean, the Rams have the tiebreaker now, but they lose that tiebreaker if Seattle wins. Um, in that in that game, so it comes down to that one yeah. because and then that 49er keep, game at the end of the year would be be big. It can be or it could not be um, because if Seattle if if Seattle beats the Rams and gets to eleven and four and the Rams are at um, ten and five, you have to look at the at the other tiebreakers because they they've split the head to head, and so then you have to look at all the other tiebreakers, and I don't know where that would put them, it might be that even if Seattle loses and the Rams win, that Seattle still has the tiebreaker over them and has clinched the division. Um, and so at that point, that game means nothing, and you rest everybody. So the Saints ended up losing too. So in the broader picture, um, Saints lost to the Philadelphia uh, Eagles 24-21, uh, so they moved them to 10-3. and three. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Green Bay Packers are 10 and three. So those are the one, two, uh, seedings and then the Rams and then, um, the Washington football club by, by nature of their first place in the NFC East or the fourth seed. And then Seattle, the fifth seed currently, um, yep. and then, uh, Tampa Bay eight and five. And then, uh, the Cardinals rounded out at seven and six right now. So, so this will be, we would before- face the Washington football club in Washington if the playoffs were to start today. Yep. Um, so 
the Seahawks, this is the last of the NFC East teams that the Seahawks have, will have faced this year, right? They, they will have played all four of them. And when they played all four of them, that team was in first place in the division. Yeah. Because the uh, Cowboys had the only win in the division um, when the Seahawks played the Cowboys and beat them. Uh, the... And then, you know, uh, the Eagles were in first place when Seattle played them and beat them. The Giants were in first place when Seattle played them and lost. Uh, but they've since gotten beat. And now Washington's in first place as Seattle is taking them on. So yeah. uh, that is got, I mean, that's that's just a weird little bit of <laughs> statistical anomaly um, that you play all four teams in a division. And at the time you play them, that team is in first place. So. Which, tells you just how awful the division is because they've just it's just no team wants to win that division they're just fighting on who could be the worst in that's, the that's so true i know so i got a question for you so if seattle continues to play um their defense continues to play um regardless of opponent just very solid very good and then their offense kind of turned it around against the jets a little bit i know you want to discount that a little bit and i get that but if they continue that, I mean, Russell Wilson threw four touchdowns. That's a good sign. I know they had an interception, but that was a hell of a play by their defensive back in, so in the end zone. Talk about that, if you want to talk about that interception, because I don't have any problem with it. Yeah, that. I don't either. Um, he had he had Metcalf open in the corner, um, and even though the safety is coming over, it's gonna it's one-on-one in the corner, and you're, you just expect Metcalf to win that. So you throw it up and let him go make the play. Yeah. And, and Russell Wilson so happened, threw it off balance a little bit. And I think that was the issue, but otherwise. Yeah, but still, like, I, I don't have any problems with the decision. It was a heck of a play decision. with the defensive back, though, too. And then the defensive back just made, like, a crazy athletic, like, you're, they're not going to make that play nine times out of ten. And, but I don't have a problem with the decision. You got one-on-one in a corner with Metcalf, throw it. Yeah, all the other decisions in the game were awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, it. So what I'm saying is, what do you think? Um, what do you think about the chances that Seattle has right now of of closing out this season on a positive note? Maybe one more loss, or just clean it out, three straight wins remaining, get into the playoffs, have a button, uh, don't have a bye, but but have a, a three seed or 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 better in the um, in the playoffs. What do you think our chances are this year of kind of getting getting all the way well, through the, this thing? The way the defense is, has been playing recently, I think you have to feel a little more optimistic than you than you did. Oh, a month absolutely. Ago. Yeah, um, absolutely. But the way the offense is playing now, I feel less optimistic than I did six weeks ago. Um, but I think that you can turn that around been... in in a single game, Russell Wilson. I mean, come on, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Like uh, I look at the Giants game, and he was. Horrible. There were there were guys that were open and yeah. he was double clutching and and not throwing it. And when he did, it was late and he threw interceptions and and it just it was ugly. Yeah. And to so, me, that's his um, offensive coordinator putting him in a bad position. I think uh, some of it is, and some of it was just he had a bad game, and then he True. he starts thinking rather than playing, and um, it was it just wasn't pretty. And so I want to see. I want to see them put it together. I want give me a game like against Washington here, which is a, a really it'll be good a nice setup overall, uh, a warm up game, if you will, for that Rams game. Yeah, if, if they can go out uh, against this Washington team, and they don't have to like just 
move it up and down the field and score 40 points. But if they can string together some drives and maybe hit a big player too, and just not have everything look so dang difficult just up. like it did against the Giants right. and other teams, right. um, then I'll feel a lot better. Uh, and if not against Washington, then do it against the Rams. Because one of those two teams, and these are two of the better defensive teams in the NFL, go out there and um, and play really well against one of those two defenses, and I'll feel really good about this team's chances in the playoffs. Even if they don't end up as um, the three seed and they end up as the five seed, because as the five seed, you go on, you get to play either Washington or, or New York again. The only bad thing and, is you got to play you got Washington in January. Yeah, I'm not that worried about it. Uh, they're just, they're not that good. On that so, field. Um, I'm just saying, like, to me, I, I'll take the NFC East winner. Um, like, that's, they're not going to, they're, they, they're not going to scare me at all. Have they and done so, anything with that, with that grass field? there no. at FedEx field or whatever it's called. No, it's that still, scares it's the shit sand, out of me. Sorry. It's still sand. It's still sand painted green. Um, uh, why? No, why? because, why? okay. One, because they, they, they refuse to get in a position where they're telling teams what to do, uh, as far as fields and stuff go. So they're, they don't want to set that precedent. And a lot of it is if you look at the field early in the, in the season, uh, it's actually in good, great shape. Uh, the grass looks beautiful in September. Uh, the problem is, is that it's the Northeast in uh, January and, and December. Grass isn't growing. It's all dead. It's, it's, it's brown and dormant by then because everything's frozen. And uh, so this time of year is, is when it's bad. And they don't do anything about it. They don't lay a new sod. They don't try and keep it warm and, 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 you know, put the plastic over it and, and basically greenhouse it in order to, to keep it alive. They don't do that stuff. They just wait for it to die and paint it green. Ouch. All right. Yep. So, uh, that's it. I don't have anything else. Do you have other things that you want no. to discuss? Let's just get out of here then. Let's get out of here. Let's go get, go get a win against a good defense. Uh, that's what I want to see. They, they're playing a good defensive team. I want the offense to go out and look sharp. Um, even if it's not the whole game, just at times look sharp. Um, give me some confidence about uh, in the offense going into the playoffs. That's what I want. Go make that happen, Russell Wilson. Well said. Follow Keith on Twitter, at MyersNFL. I'm NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook on Twitter, SeahawksPlaybook.com. As all of the shows archived and find us on your favorite podcast app and get us into your feed every week. So, till next time, Keith, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Phil is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.